0: This is Jules, lead pastor of TFH Oakland. We exist so that people far from God can experience a fulfilled life in Christ. For more information on how you can stay connected, follow us online at TFH Oak or visit us at tfhoak.church. I grew up in church and I followed the faith. And as a young person, I was like, okay, I want to get married one day. And so let, let me do this the right way. And so I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get on the apps and just kidding. I'm really old. So there were no apps when I was growing up. Um, but if they were, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have downloaded them, right? I was like, I'm going to do it the right way. You know, I'm going to try to do it the right way. And I, I tried to do it the right way in my early 20s, my mid-20s, my late 20s, my early 30s. Um, there was, I'm single. There's nobody. I'm like, I'm doing it the right way, I think. But I have no idea how this is going to help me get married, Right. It, and, and, and growing up, like, my career, right, in terms of finances, I'm, an, I'm not about money, right? I'm about God's work. And so I went into ministry uh, making $1,000 a month, right? And then on top of that, they're like, don't forget a tithe. You know, tithe is 10%, okay? Um, but not only are there tithes, but tithes is not the same thing as offering, okay? So there's offering, and then there's taxes. So I was like, so at the end of the day, I owe you money? Like, what's happening here? Right, like people are talking about, my friends are talking about their 401K and their investments and, you know, early, like 2008 or whatever, like or 2010, like, you know, stock market crashes and, and all these things are happening and my friends, you know, like, they're like freaking out, like, I had perfect peace. Like, I had no investments, right, I was like, I'm the same, like, nothing happened to me, right, like, but, but you know, my, my retirement plan was, Jesus, come back, like, that was my, I'm going to live my life before it gets really hard, like, you're going to come back, right. That was my retirement plan. So I'm trying to do things the, what I thought was the right way. But I did come to a point where I was like, I think I went wrong somewhere. I think I took a wrong turn because where I am, it doesn't feel like I'm in the right place. If I took the right road, I should be in the right place. But I'm single and broke. <laughs> this don't feel like I'm a blessed life. No one's looking at me saying, Joe, I envy you. How did you do it? How do we know we're on the right road? But is it possible that you could be on the right road and it feels like you're not in the right place? Maybe you even feel like you're in a dead end. You know, the Israelites felt the exact same way. The Israelites, the story that I'm picking up in is they were in slavery in Egypt. They're crying out to God for deliver. After generations and generations, God sends someone called Moses. Right, Moses comes, confronts the Pharaoh and says, let my people go. That's what God says, let them go. And Pharaoh says, no, they go back and forth. There's a thing called ten plagues. Each plague was attacking a God of Egypt and showing that the God of Israel was greater. After the ten plagues, Pharaoh finally says, go, get out. You're free to go. And so the people leave and they're following God. This seems like the right road. The road out of slavery seems like the right road. So they're like, let's go, pack it up, grab your things. Actually, their bags were even already packed. They got up and they're leaving. They left Egypt. And here's what happens. As they left Egypt, God tells them, turn back. He says, turn back. So they turn back. And the spies of Egypt are watching them and it says, hey, they're walking in circles. They don't know where they're going. And it says Pharaoh's heart was hardened by God. Now, that used to bother me a lot. It should bother you. Like, wait, God, if you're the one hardening our hearts, then how can you punish us? Right? And it says, for, my glo- for your glory, you're going to harden my heart. But when you read the earlier stories, it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then after the fifth time, it says God hardened his heart. If you continually harden your heart against God, something happens where God says, then I will use it and I will harden your heart. So Pharaoh's heart is hardened and he says, I'm going to go back and take the people, drag them back into slavery and he's coming after them and the Israelite people are there saying, wait, we followed you, God. We followed your directions. You're the evil, even the one that told us to turn back and you led us into this dead end. The Red Sea's behind us and Pharaoh's armies in front of us. This can't be the right way. I mean, maybe you and I have met, taken a wrong turn, right? You ever use Waze or GPS and you don't follow it exactly. Or it happened to me. I, I visited a friend yesterday for his birthday. We've been to his house three times. And every single time I go to the wrong Waverly Street. And, and my wife was even like, are you sure this is the right one? I'm like, yes, it is. And then we drive there. I was like, oh, my gosh. The reason why it looks familiar is because this is the third time we've come the wrong way. Because I was like, oh, I recognize that, that barbecue shop. Yes, I recognize. And then we got there, and I was like, I, I, I had to take a moment and be like, no, I'm a new creation. I can just let it go, rush and flush, all right? Rush and flush. You feel the rush of emotions, whew, just flush it out, right? And so, so I make mistakes, but they were following God's directions, and he led them into a dead end. Am I the only one that feels that way? Right? Like, God, I followed you. But I'm single and broke. God, I followed you. And I lost my job. I followed you. And my marriage didn't make it. I was talking to a friend this week. I followed you, God. And I lost my child. God, if I'm following you, everything should go right. But I'm in a dead end. That's how they felt. And here's what came out. I'm going to read it from Exodus 14. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. They said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us to die in the wilderness? Sarcasm. There were graves in Egypt. There were graves in the wilderness. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone. We like it here so that we may continue to serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the wilderness. Here's why God brought them into that place. Because he wanted to confront their old mindset. That stress, stress reveals character, right? When you're blessed, man, you're the blessed version of yourself. But when you're stressed, what version comes out? What version comes out? Stress reveals the level of your character. What if, what if in that moment, they were walking through that desert, they had grown up in slavery, the oppression, the trauma, they finally experience freedom and they're walking in the desert. God leads them to a dead end. There's a Red Sea behind them. Pharaoh's army is closing in. And I was just imagining this week, what if there were people that stood up and said, I was born a slave and I have never seen the sea. I'm so thankful I get to die today having seen the sea. I was born a slave too, but today I die a free man. My children die free. What if they had that kind of man- mindset and mentality? I think God would have said, oh, I see you. I see you. You're a real one. Here's what's going to happen. Instead of 40 years of wandering in the desert, we're going to go right now. It takes 40 days to get to the so-called promised land. They wandered for 40 years. But you know why they wandered for 40 years? Because they were trying to get to the right place, but they were not yet the right people. They weren't ready yet for that place. We want to get to that right place, that right job, that right relationship, that right city. It better be Oakland, right? We want to get to that right. You're in the right place. You're trying to find that right, 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 right. That's what we're concerned with. And God is, no, I'm concerned with making you the right people. We want to get to the promised land. We just want to make it into the promised land. And God is like, I want to make you into a promised people. That wherever you go, you carry the promise with you. You carry the blessing with you. That's what God is looking to do in us. And he looked at the Israelites and said, I could take you easily from there and put you here in a land flowing with milk and honey. And you will still complain. You will still be ungrateful. You know what I realized about myself? Not something good. (laughs) I found myself complaining just like the Israelites. I was like, God... Property taxes. It's a lot. (laughs) I might have to take out my master, my visa. Pay that little. Some of you laughing. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. And and, and then I find out, like, I'm looking at the roof and I'm like, is that a leak? (laughs) And I'm Googling and it's like people are saying, oh, uh, 15,000, 25,000. I'm like, What? My kids aren't behaving the way I want. I'm complaining about my kids to my wife. I'm complaining about my wife to my kids. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) To myself. I'm smart. I keep that to myself, right? (laughs) Buried deep inside. Go in the bathroom, turn on the water. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. She's going to come second service so I can say it now. Here's what I realized. Everything I was complaining about was a blessing I had prayed for in another season. Lord, I just need one. Just one woman who thinks I'm handsome. Just one. Lord, I would love to be a dad and have kids. I have no idea. You know my retirement plan, Jesus come back. I have no idea how in the Bay Area I will ever own a home. My early career, making $1,000 a month. There's no way, God. But if somehow you can miraculously see, make me friends with a rich person. No, I was like, in your way, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, Lord. Somehow, I be, my wife and I are teachers. We own a home. It's a miracle. The story behind it. Every, yeah. And here's the thing. Really quick, this wasn't part of the message, but the word testimony in Hebrew means he'll do it again. If he did it for me, it doesn't mean there was, no, if he did it for me, he will do it for you. I believe God, I believe God, you will do it again. But I realized everything that I had been praying for and was a blessing was what I was now complaining about. I was like, God, I need to become a promised people. So God brings them in the desert and they're wandering. It's not because he's lost or he's trying to get them to be lost. It's because he's trying to confront their old mindset. He took them out of Egypt. Now he wants to take Egypt out of them. Before God moves you into the great, amazing places he has for you, he wants you to become that person before you even arrive. Jesus could have been Jesus at 12 years old when he went to the temple. He was ready long before he arrived. But here's the thing. You're in that place and you're being confronted and you're trying to escape your past, but your past keeps coming after you. You're like, I'm trying to change. I'm trying to become a better version of me. I'm leaving Egypt behind, but wherever I go, Egypt keeps following me. I've changed my name. I've changed my number. They keep finding me. They keep commenting on me. I got to keep changing my Insta. Like, you know what I'm talking about? They keep finding me. I'm trying, and I was talking with a friend this week, and I was like, Oh, these are my future plans and goals. And and he he said a quote to me, he says, Have you ever heard this, Joe? Wherever you go, there you are. I was like, What are you trying to say? <laughs> you keep trying to escape your past, but your past keeps following you wherever you go. This was a place where God was showing the people, I'm separating you from your past. A lot of us carry our past with us wherever we go. And then you punish the people for what the people in your past did. God is saying, no, I'm making a clear mark between your past and your future. And when you cross to the Red Sea, you are leaving that in the past. The chariots are still in the bottom of that ocean, that that, that sea. They no longer follow you into the promised land. Isaiah 43:16 to 19 says this. I might have to read it off of uh, the top back here. If you guys have that scripture, if not, I will flip to it. Isaiah 43. What's up there? Okay. This is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea And a path through raging water. Who brings out the chariot and the horse, the army and the mighty one together? They they lie down; they do not rise again. They are extinguished, put out like a wick. This is the prophet Isaiah writing, and he's referencing when God led the Israelites through the Red Sea. And this is what God is saying through the prophet to the people of Israel who are about to go into bondage and captivity. He says, "Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to the things of old." Look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it's coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. God is saying this. Do not remember the former things or the past events. You want to leave Egypt behind and cross the Red Sea? First thing he says is don't remember the past events. And here's what that means. Don't recall it. Don't replay it. Now, here's what I notice. Another thing about myself is when I recall things and replay things, it's usually the negative things in my life. I very rarely relive the greatest moments of my life. When I'm sitting there lost in thought sometimes, and and my wife's like, "Why'd you?" I'm like, oh, why'd you say that?" Because I was just thinking about the time I hit the game-winning hit when I in seventh grade. No, it's usually like. That moment of embarrassment, or I should have said this, or I should have done that, or when this happened to me, and oh for some reason, I have a propensity to think about my worst moments, my moments of regret or shame or embarrassment or pain those are the things that start to replay in my head, but God is saying, don't relive or recall those things and now here's a here's the thing about the Hebrew um, way of understanding is that when, when you remember or you recall, there wasn't a difference between thinking about a memory and then doing it. Their understanding was, if you think it, you will do it. So God is not just saying, don't remember this picture or video of something in your past. He's saying, if you keep thinking on it, you will do it. So forget those things. Lose that number. So, <laughs> oh, one person got it. all right. <laughs> He's saying, "Just do not pay attention or remember." He says, "Pay no attention. Do not dwell there. Don't live there." So again, it's not a. I can't remember that. I have amnesia. What it is is when I think about those things, it doesn't impact me anymore. I don't feel that anger. I don't feel that shame. I don't feel that regret. I can tell you everything that happened. But I look at it and I'm like, but that's not who I am now. There's no shame and no guilt. Shame says you're exactly that person. So you can't escape it. But God is saying, no, do not dwell there. Do not live there. You're saying, my address has changed. You can send me a package. I'm not going to get it because I don't live there anymore. Do not dwell. Do not live on those former things. And then he changes it up. He says, look, I'm doing something new. It's coming, don't you see it? And when I read that, I was like, if I could just become a person that could see something before it came. There was this movie called Back to the Future. And there's a lot of great things in that movie. But the thing that struck me the most when I was like 11 years old or 12, whenever I saw it, it was Back to the Future 2. It was the one with, you know, the Nikes. You know what I'm talking about? The the Mags. Anyway, all right, they're like $70,000 now. But anyway, the thing that struck me was there was one guy who fell into the time machine, went to the future, got a sports history magazine, went back to the past, and then saw that every championship world series super bowl predicted every winner and then placed bets right placed bets and then and then changed his future and changed everyone's future for the worst for the worst but when i saw it, it stuck out to me cuz i was like what if what if i had that book and i could see things before it happened wow my life What if we could become those kinds of people who could see when when Bezos was an online bookseller in his garage? What if we were like, that's the future? (laughs) This little guy? What if he could recognize when Apple was $2 and people were like, Apple, why are you buying that? You know, like 15, 20 years ago, I actually bought a... um, an Apple computer, and my brother said, why would you buy that? It's like before the iPod came out and blew up Apple. If you could recognize something when it's small, do you not see it? Now, here's something that I was thinking about. I was like, you know what, like, this Bible, Scripture is talking about your memory and don't dwell, and then it's talking about do you not see something that's coming? And I was like thinking about the brain. I was like, I wonder if there's a connection in our brain between our memory and our ability to see. So, I'm not a doctor, right? I went to Google. And so I started reading articles and papers. And, you know, you you also got to make sure that it's legit, right? You got to learn how to cross-reference and all. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, yeah. And you got to kind of look at the kind of ads that are showing up too. That kind of tells you sometimes if it's legit or not. So, but one thing I learned, and this is basic. It's basic. um, But there's something, there's a part of your brain called the hippocampus. Hippopotamus. Right, Hippo, hippocampus. All that means is this. Hippo is a Latin word and it just means horse, right? And then and then, like a couple hundred years ago when people started cutting up the brain dissecting it, the hippocampus, they are like, this looks like a seahorse. And hippocampus means like seahorse, uh, sea monster. And so that's why it's called a hippocampus. But this hippocampus part of your brain is responsible for short-term memory and converting it into long-term memory. They're also finding out connections that it's... It, it's uh, It's helpful for emotional regulation and things like that. But this hippocampus takes your short-term memory and helps to transfer it and move it into your long-term memory. And here's what they found out. That people who had amnesia and couldn't remember things in the past had a hard time imagining a future or constructing a future event. People that had brain damage in that part of the brain. There was a connection between their past and the future. God was saying... I made your brain. I know this. And by the way, it's really not called hippocampus. I'll tell you later what I called it. And he's saying to them, there's a connection between your past and your future. Your memories are the soil of your imagination. And your imagination is the soil for your future. What you can imagine is what you will create. And God is saying, if all your dwelling and seeing is your trauma and the abuse and the shame and the guilt that you've been through, that's all you will create in the future. But I'm bringing you to a new place, and I'm telling you, forget those things, and I want you to see what I'm doing. Focus on what I'm doing. There are memories you have. There are painful memories. But there are also joyful memories you have. When was the last time? You just relived that joyful moment. Man, today I just spent some time in the morning thinking about when my wife admitted that she also liked me too. (laughs) You know, I was the first one that told her, I love you. And I had not planned to say it. And even when it came, it surprised both of us. Okay, I was like, I had not planned to say that. It just came out. I can't back it away. I can't take it back. So there it is. And so I don't know what to say after I say it except to wait for you. And she stared at me for about seven, eight seconds. And finally, to spare myself any further humiliation, I said, "Um, you can just say thank you. (laughs) And then she smiled and took my hand and said, I love you too. I said, I knew it. I knew it. I just relived that memory today. And you know what happened? I wanted to go wake her up and say, baby, remember when you admitted you liked me? <laughs> <It was> like... <laughs> Praise seems coming on up. Okay, I got you. I got you. All right. But God is saying, he's teaching us something about ourselves. He's saying, don't dwell on the former things. Forget the past. Look at the new thing that I'm doing. When you obsess about the one who got away, it'll blind you to the one who is coming your way. There are so many opportunities in your present right now and in your future. There are opportunities that I know I knew I missed. There are hundreds more that I didn't even know I missed. There are hundreds of opportunities in my life right now. Some I see, some I can't see yet. And there are hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of opportunities in your future. God is doing a new thing. The road that you choose shapes who you become. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the road. I'm the path. And there's no one else that I know that is as fearless as Jesus that is as courageous as Jesus, able to endure and overcome like Jesus. God is doing a new thing. In the future, it's going to be more beautiful than even you or I could ever imagine. Let's pray. God, we hear your words to forget the former things, to not dwell in the past. Help us to see the new thing that you're doing, God. In any place where it feels like it's a dead end, where things have died, God, you say that you are the way out. You are the path to life. God, I pray for a renewal of hope, a renewal of dreams. And if you did it for me, you will do it again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. For more information on how you can stay connected, follow us online or visit tfho.church.